Hey everyone, welcome to Locked on Lakers for Thursday. Brian Kamenetsky and Andy Kamenetsky. The Lakers play their second preseason game on Wednesday evening in Phoenix. Carmelo Anthony made his debut. Uh, Malik Monk played another strong game. And Andy, that ain't the headline because after it was over, we learned that Trevor Ariza is going to miss at least the next two months with an ankle debridement procedure. We will talk about what that means on a lot of levels next. You are Locked On Lakers, your daily Los Angeles Lakers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I want to thank everybody for making Locked On Lakers your first listen of the day. Really appreciate it. Um, you know, Monday through Friday, Andy, we're here throughout the entire season. Of course, Locked On Lakers on YouTube. You can subscribe, get breaking news, analysis, and all that kind of stuff. And the podcast a little faster than the other folks do. So all of that. We had everything laid out, ready to go. We were going to break down this second game that they played in the preseason, Andy. Uh, and then... I don't know, around 8 o'clock Pacific time, the Lakers put out a very important press release. Yeah, uh, Trevor Reza is going to be out for at least the next two months, it is expected, uh, after having arthros- uh, arthroscopic uh, debridement Debri- surgery. An arthroscopic debridement pr- uh, procedure Singer. performed on his right ankle. Sounds right, like and that, something you do to horses, debridement. Uh, well, I, actually, to me, uh, debridement sounds like goop speak for divorce. Like you remember the, there was the conscious uncoupling the way Gwyneth described her and Chris Martin, uh, you know the guy from Coldplay. Right. Here's what it is, Andy. It's 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 a horse divorce. Um, so we can combine the two of them. Um, but it, it essentially it's better than the alternative. It means they you it's called keyhole surgery. They use a little camera to go inside the joint and take out what you know the cartilage bone, whatever the problem is. Small incision, shorter recovery time. So I guess it could have been worse. Keyhole again, surgery sounds like what peepers do. <laughs> <laughs> dirty it's like a, it's like a procedure they had in porkies because <laughs> they literally looked through a keyhole surgery for perverts mm-hmm. um, but anyway or, or i guess performed by perverts not necessarily for either way both <laughs> uh, well no they're not mutually exclusive so um you know but you know the, the the release says he will be evaluated in 8 weeks that does not mean he will be back on the floor in 8 weeks lakers start the season in 2 weeks so you're looking for you're looking at realistically given trevor's age especially and they wouldn't want to rush him back probably missing the first 2 months of the season this is incredibly impactful um in ways that might surprise fans like outside the big three losing Trevor Ariza is among the more significant injuries the Lakers could have. Um, and for a lot, well, let's start here. Defensively, they were really reliant on him, uh, to anchor that front court, presumably as a starter, certainly as a presumptive game finisher, um, in these lineups with AD at the five. Um, and that becomes, trickier now they lose a lot of front court defense without trevor ariza yeah i mean he's certainly in the mix as a possibility to be one of those guys i mean it's -hmm. interesting because we have talked about trevor as somebody that would be playing relatively limited minutes i i pictured less than 20 per night compared to some other guys on the team but we both thought they would be very significant minutes Mm -hmm. you know like you had mentioned he's somebody that could potentially be, you know, a staple in the closing lineup. 
I don't think it was out of the question that he could have ended up starting. And there have been reports of him in the mix at the three as unideal as that struck us both. Right, a three, possibly. sort of an interchangeable three, right, four, maybe, LeBron, whatever it exactly. is. But somewhere in that group. Running cross matches. I I also, I, I talked about this a lot, Brian. I, I pictured him potentially in a role like uh, Alex Caruso was used a lot by Frank Vogel in the beginning where Trevor might not have played a ton in the first three quarters, but was a closing unit staple. Like the, the point being, there were a lot of different ways that you could have imagined Trevor, you know, being used on this team. All of them were pretty important. Yeah. And, and part of this is because it's not that Trevor Ariza is the best player on this team or even the best reserve on this team. But when you start breaking down the, the roster composition, there aren't a lot of dudes at that spot. And like that, that is part of it. Like positional scarcity here is important. And so you look at, well, who are the other power forwards on the team? Well, there's LeBron, who's also a small forward and a point guard and, and all these other things. And it's Carmelo Anthony. And like that, that's basically it. And then you get to the centers. They got a lot of guards. You know, arguably too many at this point, but they don't have a lot of guys who are doing what Trevor does. And yeah, I mean, this is this is something so, I've talked about a lot actually uh, with this roster. Like it's unusually constructed. You know, there 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 are not a lot of wings or guys that you look at and say logically are wings on this team. Like you know, like a small forward. Like they do not have a designated guy that you would look at and say. That's the three. Like it could be LeBron, but LeBron can be whatever you want him to be. Right. You could maybe squint and say it's Kent Bazemore because even though he's not height wise where he'd want to be, he's very long. He's very smart. He's good at playing positional defense. You could maybe talk yourself into that with Taylor Horton Tucker right. again. So for the same for the, the same reason. Right. Except Trevor, is, I mean uh THT, excuse me, he's a guy that's figuring out who he is as a player period, Mm -hmm. and still has a long way to go in his development, Trevor, even acknowledging, like I had earlier, is not ideal at this stage of his career to be a 3 and D wing. He's he's really more of like a 3.7 and D wing. Like he's really closer to a 4 than a 3 at this point. You know what it is? That's that's it. You You know what it is to me? You can talk yourself into it if you had to. And either way, like you said, the scarcity is an issue. The other guys that you mentioned are two threes. Trevor's a, a three, four, and really at this point in his career is a four. And so Carmelo Anthony's a four, and that's it. And so, you know, what what I'm really interested, what I'm one of the things that I'm really interested in is now Frank Vogel has some really hard lineup choices to make. On the one hand, you could easily see this as the thing that becomes an impetus to saying, you know what, guys? As much as we want AD to be the starting five, as much as we want to kind of go small, we don't have the positional depth there anymore to not play a center, a traditional center, more than we were planning to. Um, so, so we're gonna, you know, we we're gonna go back to maybe DJ starting and play. Why do you think that? Be, be just because when you start to break down who else is in the rotation, you commit yourself to kind of always. Going so you don't have enough forwards, and so you can get more out of the power forward position by starting Anthony Davis there and giving him more minutes there. LeBron can play more three. You know you can use Melo at the amount of minutes maybe that you had anticipated, and use DeAndre and 
and Dwight Moore. The flip side of that is, and this is the direction I hope they go, is you can really lean into going smaller and faster and all of that. And we haven't seen what that looks like yet because the big three hasn't played. Um, and so, you know, I, 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 that would be the other way to go. And so you probably start at that point instead of Ariza with the big three and Wayne Ellington or Malik Monk or whatever, you start Bazemore, a two guard and the big three and, and you go, that's what I hope they do. But I could see, particularly given Vogel's previous history, I could see it going either way. Yeah, I mean, you could also split the difference a bit and have either Ellington or Baysmore or someone like that starting at the two, have LeBron at the three and Mello. You could start Mello. But yeah, then I mean and, right, but and then and then you come in and you're going really small after that or whatever. There there are ways. I don't know, do the do you think they want to start Carmelo? I mean, that that does in theory line him up for a lot of minutes. And do you want to finish? With Carmelo, particularly, well, I don't think you have to. I don't think that you have to finish the way you start. I mean, we, we've true. seen that. We've seen that a lot over the course of just not Frank Vogel's time coaching the Lakers, but also you know the the Kobe Powell Lakers. I mean, Lamar Odom didn't start, but he closed every single game. You know, mm-hmm. unless he was just playing god awful. Right, that's true. He, it's a good point. So I I don't think one is exclusive to the other. Um, you know, we've, we've talked about with Melo before, and I think we're going to end up talking about it later in the show because Absolutely, he made yeah. his debut as a Laker in the preseason. I think Melo, I think Melo in a lot of ways where you want to play him has as much to do with who he's playing with than Melo himself, because, you know, the, the defensive issues are there. And we've seen with what happened with Portland, even when he was playing very well, much less like OKC, you're going to have teams look to attack him. So you have to find guys around him that I think are good enough defensively to offset that. And with AD out there, LeBron out there, and, you know, theoretically somebody like Baysmore. Right. You could maybe make the argument that they have enough defensive integrity out there with those guys. You are actually better suited to play mellow in those minutes Mm -hmm. than with a second unit that may be a little bit dicier defensively. Good point. All right, let's. We're going to get to mellow because he did make his debut. Um, You know, Malik Monk. If we have time, you know, played another strong offensive game. Certainly, the whole team looked like garbage defensively. It's hard to tell exactly what went wrong. Um, But Monk didn't go right (laughs) that side. No, he did not. (laughs) Um, But let's 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 stay on the Ariza just a little bit longer because. The other thing that uh, becomes an issue, like we said, because of the the lack of balance in positionality along the roster, is do they go out and get another player? Like do, you know, they had been avoiding that before. They wanted to keep that fifteenth roster spot open. Do they now have to go get someone? We'll talk about that next. Locked on Lakers brought to you by Sweatblock. There are a few things in life, Brian. They're just not fun to talk about, and one of them is excessive sweating. Like when you are all of a sudden just sweating through your shirts, maybe even your entire You're Rob Palenka, and your only power forward got hurt. <laughs> well, I mean, Brian, Rob Palenka doesn't sweat. No, Come he on. He, he's far too handsome for something like that. But for mere mortals, it could happen, you know, or just ugly people. And that's embarrassing. And yeah, I don't want to have to worry about that. So that's why I use Sweatblock antiperspirant wipes. Sweatblock stronger, more effective than most clinical antiperspirants. You simply apply it at night before bed. Next morning, you wake up, you wash, you go about your day, and you don't have to worry about sweating. You only you have to use it once or twice a week. 
And you can stay dry the entire time, guaranteed to your money back. So no more pit stains, no more picking out your wardrobe based on what will hide the sweat better. No more trying to look like Rob Palenka. You're not going to pull it off. Just use the sweat block. Look at it this way. If you know a sweat solution that is doctor created, doctor recommended, featured on Rachel Ray's show and tested by firefighters, hit me up. But until then, check out Sweatblock. Get it for 20% off at sweatblock.com using the promo code locked on or at Amazon and CVS. So the Lakers uh, put themselves in a position, Andy, where they use that 14th, sort of that 14th spot on Austin Reeves and Hillbilly Kobe. And so, mm-hmm. you know, not somebody who, while I think he has shown, I think he looks like the kind, exactly the kind of guy this scouting department has signed fundamentally sound is that not quite ready for prime time don't get me wrong no but he is not has has some i think nba skills if the rest of it can go but sure. not ready to be relied on right now He's, he is a perfectly acceptable two-way contract guy like, yeah absolutely and, i it, like they did a i think it's a it's a but not ready now no not somebody you want to rely on nope um they had been trying to keep that 15th spot open and presumably a 17th spot for a two and they have another two-way thing that they can do but the open roster spot that's available for an nba guy who could come in and maybe play for you if you need it is is there um they have been wanting to keep that open mostly because that person would be unlikely to play and because of the the tax implications which are totally legitimate um for especially if the person isn't going to set foot on the floor I don't know if you can go two months without having adding another six foot nine guy to this roster. I just I don't know. So whether it's somebody that they have internally that they like, whether it's somebody that gets cut from a roster, you know, Isaiah Hartenstein doesn't make the Clippers roster. I'm just throwing names around, you know, James Ennis, who is a three who at least gives you a little more flexibility to to bump guys down and, and play four. I don't know if you can go two months without another body here. I don't think you should. I mean, that when you're already considering that this team, you know, the age issues that they have, and, and God knows now people are going to be blaming this on, you know, Trevor had a, uh, Frank Vogel had said that he this had been something he'd been dealing with before camp even started. Like it's it camp aggravated it, but it's something mm-hmm. he had been dealing with. You know, Trevor has... Had some injuries over the last, you know, last few seasons. He's also had some time away from the game, stuff like that. And he is on the older side, so there are going to be he, a lot of people. I, I heard he hurt himself at dinner at the Cracker Barrel. So, I mean, <laughs> <laughs> no, that's what that's what you get for dining at the 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 Wild Hour at five p.m. That's exactly. It gets right. a little rowdy. It's it, it's very he tripped on his walker. Yeah, um, but like, there's going to be people who already are start going to start worrying about the collective age of this team and wanting to lessen that toll. And I I can see where they're coming from. And I, I imagine that was a goal even before Trevor got hurt. The idea of you know trying to just pace everybody properly for the playoffs. I don't know if you want to go to it's not just two months without Trevor. It's two months without a guy who was at least you can squint and decide he was at a position that you're already thin at. Right. That's like, that's the issue. If they if if Malik Monk, you know, knock on wood, this doesn't happen. If Monk twisted an ankle tomorrow and was out two months, the Lakers don't need to go out and get another player. They've got plenty of guys who can it would suck. I mean, that's not that's not my point. But they don't that doesn't create a pressing need to fill a roster spot. 
this is different. And, you know, it was part of the risk they were taking by signing the guys that they did and the roster imbalance that they had. I don't know who the player is. And I, I you know, I, I haven't had a chance since this all happened at like eight o'clock on, on, on Wednesday night to start like looking at everybody's training camp roster and think who might get cut. And the, someone though is going to be available. And I, it is a risk to, uh, to, to start going with, cause like, you know, one more front court goes, guy goes down, you lose a center, Dwight misses a week, whatever. Like you start putting yourself in a position where you get very thin, very quick. And that's, I agree with you. That's not something this team can really do. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's just, it's, it's a you bad know, idea. You know, LARP, LARP jokes aside, yeah. it's a bad idea. Wes Matthews could be a possibility. You know, he's still out there. He made it very clear in his exit interviews that he wanted to be back. You know, I mean, right. another guy who's a three, but then gives you a little bit more flexibility to push guys further down. Right. I mean, you know, re- read into whatever you want that the Lakers have had the opportunity to bring him back and didn't bring him back, but circumstances have changed. I, I, honestly, too, I mean, I assume right now James Ennis is on Rob Palenka's lawn with a boombox, you know, blasting in your eyes. He's made it so effing clear. He wants to be a Laker with liking every single tweet he ever sees about the Lakers. He had a workout. Like, I feel like at this point, James Ennis is going to be in therapy if they don't sign him with, with this happening. Like, it's arguably casual cruelty. Would you do, not, would you do something like Ennis or would you, would you look for more of a true four at this point? Like, or, or, or is it more beggars can't be choosers? I, I would want a three more than I'd want a four. Really? Yes. Okay. That's fair. Yeah. And then you, yeah, you know, I, push LeBron down. Like, I'm just Le- thinking more of a LeBron, guy who can play through. Again, I think, of, I think of Trevor more as a – I just say – I ask him because I think of Trevor more positionally at this point as a four. I do too, but I think on this team, he might have been more positionally a three. Hmm. That okay. That's what I'm saying is even, even if – I totally agree. He is cr- more correctly slotted as a four. On this team, there is more necessity – um, that for him to possibly play small forward minutes, or at least certainly be, so somebody, certainly somebody who could swing that gap between exactly you know, six nine, six ten, can you know kind of do those things. For I'm you. less, I'm less concerned with them getting guys who could play the four than I am getting guys who can play the three. Because I well, think either way, it's 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 the I need mean, is for between a body. mellow between mellow LeBron and AD. Again, assuming everybody stays healthy, I feel like they have that part of the roster pretty well covered. Um, I don't feel like they've got the three um, as soda. Well, yeah, and they didn't before. Um, the guy who this It's been a weird shines, thing they've done for like the last three years. Like even the year they won the championship. Small th- forward is not an important spot of the roster. Apparently. I mean, it's not. You know, Danny Green was the starting three, I guess, on this team. I mean, because you, know, you know, I don't care what you called Avery Bradley. LeBron was the point guard. Mm-hmm. Danny Green's not a three. It really isn't. No, this is so much of this is what happens when you have LeBron. Like you can you can mix and match your lineups and your roster constructions in really unusual ways because LeBron is capable of doing so many different things. Um, the guy though who this really does shine a light on more than anyone, losing Trevor Reza for at least eight weeks, probably more, you know, probably the first two months of the regular season, if we're being realistic. Um is Carmelo Anthony. He made his debut Wednesday 
afternoon <laughs> in a, a bizarrely timed game. Uh, you know what, though? And, I will say it, this. The time was weird, but it was to accommodate the Mercury's uh, playoff yes. game. It actually was pretty cool to see these NBA players playing on a WNBA court. Anthony Davis said afterwards that everybody on the team was going to be attending uh, the WNBA game. And, you know, the these guys really do appreciate oh, for sure. WNBA basketball. And, and I mean, they and these female athletes, like they, they appreciate them. They really respect them. And, you know, like it's not, there are going to be people who dismiss this as, you know, wokeness and shit like that. Like these guys. No, Andy, they, it was a pre, I mean, like 10 years ago, I'm not totally sure the NBA would have made that accommodation for the WNBA for their, you know, semi-final game i mean there like, i can give you the answer the answer is no right the they idea that but the idea that the lakers should have the prime lakers and Suns for the second preseason game you know whatever should have that kind of primetime spot oh and bump the wnba playoffs is absurd and i'm glad nobody uh changed that and certainly the players wouldn't have lobbied for that either um but anyway carmelo anthony becomes an incredibly important person now um you know his role will undoubtedly increase he made his debut as a laker on wednesday we'll talk about what we saw next locked on lakers brought to you by built bar the best tasting protein bar ever bars covered in 100 chocolate soft easy to chew and they are healthy they're great for health conscious people if you're trying to lose or maintain weight low calorie low sugar high protein high fiber they're great for the keto crowd and as always they taste great you got the 12 original flavors like raspberry Coconut almond, salted caramel, banana bread, new flavors including cherry barcia, lemon almond cheesecake, cookies and cream. They're perfect for somebody like me who just I like really cool, different, unique taste combinations. I don't want to feel like my snacking starts getting boring, like I'm eating the same thing over and over. Doesn't happen with Built Bar. So go to builtbar.com, use the promo code LOCK15. You get 15% off your first order. Again, promo code LOCKED15, 15% off at builtbar.com. Locked on Lakers also brought to you by Bet Online. We're uh, football. It's back. It's better than ever. Mm -hmm. And all eyes are on the gridiron. We're lining up for week five of the NFL season. I don't know know what week we're in in college. They start early. It's confusing. But as always, Bet Online, it's your number one spot for all the football action, college and pro this season. With new updated site and interface, even more odds, props, and contests, Bet Online continues to be the number one source for everything football. You head on over to the website or you use your mobile device today and you sign up to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. And don't forget to use our promo code locked on to receive your bonus. From football, basketball, boxing, right down to your favorite Vegas casino games. Take advantage of all the amazing offers for the 2021 season. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports. Again, promo code locked on bet online where the game starts. Carmelo Anthony made his debut in a Lakers uniform in Wednesday's loss to the Suns. The final score was 117 to 105. The Lakers dominated the fourth quarter. Uh, the game was not that close, but it doesn't really matter. Um, 17 minutes for Carmelo, 4 of 10 from the floor. Uh, missed his only three-pointer, had a couple rebounds, a steal, and an assist. Um, eight points finished with. First and foremost, what'd you think? You know, just early impressions of Melo out on the floor for the first time in a Lakers uniform. It was kind of cool. It, it was very cool, actually. I mean, you, you and I have long been mellow fans. We've both always had a real soft spot for the guy. You know, I mean, he's had at times a controversial career, and some of those controversies were self-created, but he's been an incredible player to watch um, in the times I've spoken with him. Always thought he was a really cool, interesting guy. 
and he is one of the best scorers anybody will ever watch in their lifetime. Um, as far as what he seemed like on the court, seemed a lot like Mello. Man. Like I, it's funny, you and I did a scouting report on Mello with uh, Mike Richmond, the Locked On Blazers host, and he talked to us about how Mello, you know, at this point he is something of a spot up outside shooting specialist. He's a specialist. He, he right. kind of it was it's weird to think of him that way, but that's kind of what he is. But at the same time, what Mike told us was he is still always on the lookout for opportunities to ISO against a defender that he's bigger than. And he is still really effective doing that. And we saw a few occasions where he ISOed up against Jay Crowder, beat him to a spot, got a mid uh, got a mid-range jumper a couple possessions later, backed down Chris Paul, spun his way to the bucket. I think he had another one where he it was backed Cam down Landry. Oh, okay. I thought, I thought it was Cam Johnson, but it could have been. It could have been later. It was somebody, anybody he saw who was smaller. I mean, not the Crowder's a little guy, but like you know, certainly went head hunting for guys mm-hmm. where he could take advantage of that post matchup. No question. And uh, afterwards, Frank Vogel was asked about that because you know he's talked so much about wanting to play up tempo and also moving the ball a lot, and obviously mellow isoing goes against that. And he said, you know, he wouldn't have a complete green light to do that with the team at full strength, but he will always have a greenish light to do whatever he wants because he's mellow. And as Frank Vogel said, we brought him here for a reason. So he's just going to be have to be responsible when he picks his spots. But those possessions, Brian, I think really showed how mellow can be very helpful if possessions stall, the clock is running down and you need a basket. Yeah, he's still that guy. I think, and I, I think fundamentally, well, no, let me rephrase. He's not still that guy. He's still somebody who can go and and has the confidence to try to get you a bucket at the end of the shot clock. And I think there's, if you can get him faced up, catch and shoot, or you can get him bullying a guy and mismatching down in the post, what you don't want to see is Carmelo facing up against the defender, trying to put the ball on the floor and do like that's not going to work out most of the time. Um, but I, I there how he fits in with the rest you know, like what he did tonight or on Wednesday I should say is interesting but not it's a little like talking about like Malik Monk versus Bazemore versus Ellington like all of these things are interesting but they're not hyper relevant until you see what it looks like with the entire group together and especially now since there is certainly a possibility that they could move Carmelo Anthony into the starting lineup how those pieces fit together become incredibly important then he's playing with the big three but either even if he's not he's presumably going to spend a lot of time with at least two of those guys um I think he makes a ton of sense with with LeBron and Westbrook as somebody who can obviously be a kickout threat and and open up space because he has legitimate gravity now um you could make an argument like he talked about tonight, uh, you know, up the the combination with AD and like that's a little like that feels to me to be like something that would take a few more reps. They have to figure out how to play together. They have to figure out how to play together defensively, especially. Um, and what that <laughs> I think looks that's like. more Anthony Davis figuring out how to play with Mello. <laughs> <That's> probably <laughs> to true. Totally on. <laughs> yeah, I, no, I mean, that's that maybe Mello. I think has figured out the whole playing with Anthony Davis defensively. It's let that dude cover Anthony. <laughs> I, rem- I remember comes. years ago when we, you know, uh, one of the years when we were covering the Kobe Pow team, it was really funny. There, you'll hear guys talk about how 
they take pride in being able to D up uh, somebody one on one, you know, like the best scorers in the league and, you know, like not calling for help, waving it off, staying in ISO. And I remember talking with Luke Walton about that. And he's like, no, I call Andrew Bynum over every single time. <laughs> he's like, help. help. He's like, I, I, I know who I am and I know who I'm not. And most of these guys I'm defending, I'll work my ass off. I'm probably going to need some help. Yeah, it's it's funny. Like, and I I I tell you what, like, you know, I I would joke, like ESPN put out that meme, like after the Lakers made the, like the whole run of signings and they traded for Westbrook and they like the big four, like with Mello in there. <laughs> it's like dial it back, ESPN. Mm. Um, maybe in terms of name brand and star power but no we're not putting carmelo anthony in that in that group and you still don't put him in that group but in terms of the relative importance that he now plays on this team it's higher than it was before and quite frankly a little higher than i would want it to be um not because yeah. i don't trust that mellow can do what they brought him in to do but i want him to be able to do those things in the 22 minute role he played what 28 a night last in Portland last year, something like that? I think a little bit less. I, I think it was around 24 minutes. I think it went from 32 his first season in Portland down okay, to about maybe 24. I'm, and maybe I'm thinking of Trevor who played about 26, 27 or whatever, no, 28 in Miami. He did. Um, but okay, I, it'd be nice if they didn't need Mello to play 26 minutes a night. And I'm not sure they still do, but but it would be – it. I don't want that to happen. No, <laughs> I don't I mean, want that. I, I, there are going to be nights where, in his hearts of hearts, I'm not sure Mello wants that. Yeah. <laughs> I just I don't. Well, you would agree there's a diminishing return here. Like, oh, it, absolutely. Yeah. No, okay. I, I remember when we first talked about the Mello signing. I said I I would have been you know with the team at full strength, I would have been alarmed, frankly, if he was playing more than like 20, 22 minutes tops mm -hmm. a night. I would actually find it kind of alarming. But, you know, we'll, we'll see what ends up happening. Vogel, obviously, like you said earlier, has got a bunch of decisions to make. I, I did want to touch on quickly a couple of things Mello said after the game sure, that I just ahead. thought were interesting but also sort of indicative of who he's going to be with this team. First of all, he talked about with, you know, playing with Anthony Davis is something that they're still figuring it out. And he said that, you know, you can spend all the time you want scouting Anthony Davis, which obviously Mello has done over the years. He's like, but it's not the same thing as playing with somebody, which I thought was just interesting, like the idea that familiarity can only go so far on the other side of the court. Mm -hmm. Like there's, there's no matter how well you think you know guys, there's still another level of that knowledge that comes with actually being their teammate. It's like the way all these guys talk about, you know, Russ in person and practice is so damn fast. Different like, deal. Different deal. You guys all know how fast he is. You've played against him a billion times. It's still different. The perspective becomes different on that side, again, of the court. The other thing I thought was interesting, though, was Mello, and he's said this now a few times, just like the idea that this is a work in progress. It's going to take some time. Like, he almost, I wouldn't say he was bewildered that people were asking about, like, level of alarm or concern of the way they've played these two games just because he's done this long enough. He knows how media works. He, I'm sure he knows with the Lakers, it's going to be on, you know, 50 on a scale of one to 10 mm -hmm. in terms of the way people treat this stuff. But like that, that calm and that rationale or that rationalization stuff, I, I think is going to be really useful in the locker room. Like what we've seen of Mello seems like he's going to be very 
very useful as a leader in his own right with this team. It, it is indicative of why, in the end, they shouldn't need Jared Dudley. <laughs> like They got a lot of these dudes, um, yeah. which is not something that we still talk about. But it, it is, you know, when people were making a deal out of it, you and I both were like, they got nine of these guys. If they, if they can't figure it out with the dudes that they have, it's not going to work. A um, couple other housekeeping notes. Davis played um, into the third quarter, which was a little surprising. What was his idea? Said. Right, said he would only had only planned on playing a half, and Davis wanted to play a little bit in the third. Fourteen points, five of fourteen from the floor, not very efficient. Eight rebounds, did have a couple block shots, but moved well. You know, just this is the numbers. You know, shooting percentages aren't um, super important here. I did think um, it was notable when Frank Vogel pointed out, like some of this is is Davis getting into a rhythm again. He's noticeably bigger, like he's yeah, you know, you know, thicker. Uh, we put on some weight, working out stronger, which is, should serve him well over the course of the season, particularly if he ends up playing a little bit more center. Uh, but it also, you know, when these guys are so finely tuned and so finely calibrated to what they're used to, it does change. You know, you just got to get reps, you got to get timing, and all. So um, good that he's looking to play. Malik Monk, seven of eleven from the floor, eighteen points, four of seven from three point range. Obviously, we got to see what it looks like with the with Westbrook and. Uh, LeBron in the lineup, but he's certainly making a statement about how he might fit in both in terms of playing time and even in the starting lineup. And finally, little shout out to Shondi Brown, uh, who is making a run at that 17th spot, that last two-way, nine points, three of three from the floor, including a, uh, hitting his only three-pointer. They don't need another guard, Andy, but um, I'm not sure that's how you determine that roster spot for the second two-way player. You pick the best guy you think might be the best prospect. Yeah, Vogel so, said afterwards that uh, he's making a case. He is making the, a run. So That's the best you could ask for him right now. Um, Friday shows me a really fun one. Josh Lloyd, who is the host of the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Fantasy Podcast, um, will take some Lakers questions about fantasy, just talk basketball generally, perceive how perhaps how this Ariza injury impacts uh, potential fantasy drafts because it could. If you um, took so that, him first overall, you're you're screwed, no, man. that was you were probably not going to win your league anyway. Um, but. Uh, so, yeah, send us in your questions for that one. Uh, remember to sign up for Locked on Lakers on YouTube, and we will see everybody on Friday.